0: Keep Rainman Digital on the air through 2020 by pledging to our Patreon page. Uh, your continued support allows us to continue to make great content and offer even better features in the future. Help us keep the lights on in the studio by pledging $1 to $10 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Rain Digital to pledge. Warning, Weird West Radio contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen.
1: World, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns, and those
0: who dig. You dig. Out of the night, when the full moon is bright, comes a horseman known as Zorro. This bold renegade carves a Z with his blade, a Z that stands for Zorro.
1: Sorrow,
0: the fox, so cunning and free. Sorrow, who makes the sign of the Z? All right, hello, welcome everybody to Weird West Radio on Rainman Digital. Rainman Digital's exclusive Western discussion show where we discuss TV shows, movies, comics, you name it, we do it. Typically, we like to focus on the elements of the weird, the weird West elements. But, you know, we don't hold ourselves to just that. I am Michael Flores, your host, and in the studio with me today is Clint Felton. Hello, Clint. Hello, hello. All right. So today I am very excited to get into a graphic novel we have had on our list to cover for several months now, and never quite found the time to get to it. There's always something new popping up. And it just kept being pushed farther and farther down our list of things that we needed to get to. So we finally got to it. And it is the Zorro graphic novel titled Zorro Swords of Hell Volume 1. Uh, this comic book graphic novel was written by David Avalone. And the art was done by Roy Allen Martinez. This is one of those comics that, yes, we're finally getting to. But before I even stumbled upon it, it had already been out for several months. And I really dropped the ball. I try to stay up to speed on my Weird West. I try to stay up to speed on my Zorro. And... Here we have a series that's kind of the best of both worlds, Weird West and Zorro, and yet I heard nothing about it. Did you hear anything about this before I had sent you the link? No,
1: I. you know, you and I have discussed this. I actually follow more of the Lone Ranger, the comic books from, I think it's Dynamite that puts them out. And yeah. Zorro is kind of more your... Your favorite, but you know it's a
0: Mexican we, thing. It's a Mexican thing, Clint.
1: <laughs> sure, you know, uh, gotta support my people. <laughs> if uh, the one thing that you know we talked about one Azuro, uh, early, I think a couple of years ago, actually
0: Zorro the Gay Blade. No, because well, that, that's more your thing. That you I, know it's a Mexican thing for me. But then when they introduced Zoro the Gay Blade, you were like, "Oh wow, I need to get up on that blade." I, I,
1: I uh, I th- I do believe you're the one pushing me to watch that
0: one. Th- that's a lie. That's a lie, Clint. Let us be honest. Are we gonna go into
1: <laughs> the new year like this after five years of pushing and lying to to the people? All right. I'll be
0: honest if you're honest. <laughs> All
1: right. No, I don't exfoliate ahead. my ass if anybody listened to that show, but I uh, I did not follow it. <laughs> I didn't, I I did not know about it. I should have just kept it short and
0: sweet. And I was surprised you didn't because you do kind of, you're a little bit more in the loop when it comes to the Western comic books. You're the one usually sending me the links of, you know, things dealing with the Lone Ranger and any other comic book titles that you think I may be interested in. In fact, I think years back, you're the one who actually told broke the news to me about the Django Zorro comic book. I believe it was you. So, yeah, this one just went under the radar, and I'm not quite sure why, because there was a massive marketing push um, surrounding Zorro in general, uh, and we'll get into that a bit later. But this is actually the first part of a bigger story that pits the legendary hero against the elements of the supernatural, the undead. Uh, This is something I never knew I needed <laughs> uh firstly as i had alluded to at the top of the show i'm a big zorro fan it's an ip that just has not been used to its fullest potential sure we get the pulp you know books novels uh i should say pulp mags and comic books but we are in this superhero age or in a superhero age And Zorro really is one of the first superheroes to captivate the hearts and minds of the mainstream. And yet here we are without a single Zorro movie since the rise of the superhero films. Doesn't that seem a bit strange to you that it has not been picked up by a by a studio again to make a movie?
1: I I do think it's one of those where the superheroes of today are not the superheroes maybe we even grew up with. I mean, definitely our fathers or grandfathers didn't grow up with, but I think today's superheroes have Thor and Hulk and all these, and there's nothing wrong with it, but I think it's all too much action, not enough heart You know know what I'm trying to say? I think like with Zorro, it's one of those that it does get a little political every once in a while. And I don't think a lot of people will probably sit in their seats to see something like that. And it's unfortunate because I think there's plenty of actors that not plenty. There's a couple actors that I'd like to see play Zorro again. I think Antonio Banderas did a good job, but I think there's others that could do just as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. And
1: and I think, I think it, there's a, there's stories to be told for Zorro and I would like to see it, but I just don't know if Hollywood would risk doing that right at this moment.
0: Yeah. That's a fair point. Especially let's look just, let's just go to the more, I, I would say the most, the largest entity right now, putting out comic book movies. And that's of course, Disney and their Marvel films, the MCU. You're right. There has been a a push to doing more light content. Whereas if you look at the beginning of Iron Man, let's say, or I should say, if you look at the beginning of the MCU, starting with Iron Man, Iron Man was a little more, uh, I don't want to say political, but it was socially political. There was a statement there about war and uh, people's responsibilities to making weapons of mass destruction. And, You know, the part that each of us play and the fact that Tony Stark had to look at himself in the mirror and say, what do I want to do with my future? What will my legacy be? That's a statement that I don't even think they would put into a a film in the future. It's too divisive. It's too controversial. And that's a shame because, in my opinion, art should always be used to pose questions. So, what you say about Zorro, th- I, there is some legitimacy there. It might be too political because if anyone, if you know anything about Zorro, Zorro does very much go into uh, the ideas of classism, you know, and and the revolution that uh, many people feel should be there or will come when you resist the the, the man, you know, the evil colonizers.
1: Because if I'm not mistaken, he comes from wealth. Yeah. And that's almost a Batman-esque.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: uh, Story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, many comic heroes throughout the decades have taken cues from Zorro. I mean, he's larger than life. He fights for justice. And, you know, he is a superhero in many ways. So it is a shame that we haven't seen a studio grab him up. I feel like something like this could work as well if you were to go the Weird West route, just because it is very large. The concept is large. If you say Zorro, fights the undead to a studio head. He's going to either not understand it or he's going to be like, holy shit, why have we not thought about this before? We've been struggling to find that one story that's big enough because I feel like, yes, the Zoro story is too small for today's studios. Studios don't want to back big budget films that aren't big enough. They need to have a bigger, they need to be v- high concept. And when I say high concept, the days of, of high concept have changed. That definition has changed drastically. High concept now is Marvel movies. You know, what can we do with a superhero product? Because we can do this. We can do that. We can go to the moon. We can go to space. We can fight gods and goddesses. That's a high concept idea now for a lot of these studios. Those are the films that studio heads are willing to back Uh, something like Zorro. You can't really do it small So it's in a weird area of it being too small and not big enough.
1: Is that because the audience wants escapism a lot more? Just not to have to overthink anything or I shouldn't say that. They don't want politics being slammed in their face over it.
0: I I think it's a lot of things. I think the even though people don't want to accept it, Disney has managed to manipulate. And this is not being me being cynical, but. When you're the biggest one producing content, you have a leg up. You are able to not, I don't want to say manipulate, but you're able to create the feeding frenzy. You tell people, this is what we make. You get people, it's like drug selling drugs. You get, you give them a taste. They now think you're the biggest dealer in town that has the best stuff that have the best stuff and they're going to keep going to you. So Disney has had the upper hand. They have essentially created the template for superhero films. And now most people feel like this is how a movie should be. You should have explosions, some jokes, explosions, some jokes, more jokes, a few more jokes, explosions, (laughs) end of the movie. Total destruction of a city. Right. And that's what the MCU has become. And because of that, because they are leading the charge in this new era of blockbuster films, it has kind of changed the appetite of the moviegoer. That is now what the moviegoer wants. So you have, again, smaller IPs like Zorro that aren't small enough to fit into the indie category and not big enough to fit into what studios want right now. That's probably the reason why we haven't seen this. In fact, there's a couple Zorro movies that are in the works right now. And um, we'll talk a little bit more about them at the end of our show today, but they are more high concept ideas. They're not the traditional, Hey Zorro, a man fights a revolution and frees the people of a city. It, that's just too small. It won't work. So that being said, it does amaze me still that some studio head with a little bit of smarts, Hasn't said, hey, let's create a hybrid. Let's do something that can be big. That can feed the the appetites of the masses. I mean, our last attempt was, what, 2005's Legend of Zorro? That was the last attempt at, a, at an actual Zorro film. A lot has changed in 15 years. Yeah. So... Now, bringing it back to the comic book, when you read a comic book like this, you can't help but go there in terms of movies. The entire time I'm reading this novel, I'm thinking less about the reading and the story and thinking of how this could work as a movie. (laughs) And I mean, my conclusion by by the time I got to the end of the issue was This should be a movie. It's big enough. It works. It has all the bells and whistles. As I said, the appetite has changed drastically, and I don't feel like at this time a regular Zorro film would work unless you do a bit of a gimmick like Django Zorro. Or if you do something like this, Zorro versus the undead, soldiers of hell, you know, you have the Mexican indigenous culture. It's rich with lore and mystic beliefs. There's so much there you could utilize to tell a a weird West tale involving Zorro that would feel um, authentic to, you know, Mexican culture and the indigenous culture of the Southwest. I mean, you could easily craft an epic, weird Western tale with Zorro as your protagonist. I mean, do you think something like that could work? Would you go see something like that on the big screen?
1: I think I w- I would just because we do the show. I think because if it's you know if it's not like a western, if we weren't doing the show, I probably wouldn't go see it. And, and why is that? Zorro just hasn't been my cup of tea. I don't think I saw the other two Zoros with Antonio Banderas in the theaters. It's really? just the, it's just the sword wielding. That I I've never been into it until
0: a little too homoerotic for you.
1: No. You know, it's just the, uh, phallic, the wielding
0: the, of phallic symbols, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the count of Monte Crisco is the one that, uh, actually got me to where I was like, yeah, it's not too bad.
0: That's a great movie.
1: Yeah. I mean, that one actually brought me, I probably, I don't know what came out first, but I do remember seeing Zorro after that. Mm-hmm. So it must've been on. On uh, probably VHS back then, but <laughs> yeah. I, I think I I think we saw that one first and then we're like, oh, let's check out this one. And I think that's how that happened.
0: Yeah. Well, shame on you. Okay. Shame on you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's get into this. All right. Let's get into this material a bit more in depth. The synopsis of this graphic novel. Zorro is back in a new horror-based series and celebrating 100 years of heroic, swashbuckling action. Los Angeles is invaded by an army of demonic horsemen, and Zorro is the only man who can save him his home from becoming hell on earth. David Avalone, uh, he has worked on projects as such as Betty Page, Twilight Zone, The Shadow, and more. Uh, and Roy Alan Martinez are proud to present the return of Zorro as he faces down the swords of Hell in an action-packed supernatural thrill ride. This volume collects the full Zorro Swords of Hell four-issue series, and that's what we read: the graphic novel, the compilation novel of all four of the issues. All right, and I'll place some links within the show description so that if uh, this manages to possibly wet. Any of our listeners appetite out there, Clint, they can click on those links and purchase the graphic novel while helping themselves read some entertainment. They can also help us by clicking through those affiliate links. All right, Clint. So let's let's get into this Clint. I want to know. What is your initial reaction on this comic book? And I'm ready. (laughs) I'll tell you
1: what. The art in this thing. Is fantastic. Mm hmm. I'm gonna just start there because, without that uh I think sometimes you can have terrible art, a good story, and it's if it's not good to look at, you don't give a shit about the story with this this uh the art was awesome it's it's very clean it's not uh I don't know what you would call it we've had we've had some other comics that were seemed that they tried to do a rough style with it, and this actually is clean throughout. Um, the story, it was okay. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into kind of the misstep of this story, but there was a few, I liked it, but then it kind of, I kind of thought to myself, like, why did this happen? And that's kind of where I'm left right now. But I, the art in it's really cool. And the story was okay.
0: I I don't disagree with you. It's relatively simple. It's a very simple story, not overly complicated. And it's fairly straightforward outside of the weird West elements. Of course, it's not groundbreaking in terms of story. But as you said, where this graphic novel scores big points with me is the use of not just the art, but also the use of the indigenous folklore. It's something that more movies and comics should be utilizing because it's just vast and rich. And, you know, we've all used movies, have used Greek and Roman mythology to death. We've used the Viking mysticism. We've used Egyptian lore. But the one thing that's never used is Native American beliefs, uh, the the indigenous of Mexico. And there is so much there There is spooky, creepy stories that I have no idea why horror directors and horror writers have not utilized it more. So much there. And that to me was one of the strengths is the strength of this comic. David Avalon is obviously in the know when it comes to Mexican mysticism There's a lot there. In fact, you know, I knew probably 60, 75 percent of what was within these pages and the percentage left that I didn't know. I went and Googled it. And sure enough, there there are stories to back up much of what he included within this graphic novel. Hmm. So the writer David Avalon was able to capture the heart of Zorro. And that's one thing that I feel when when reading or reviewing anything pertaining to Zorro, that's that's number one for me. Even outside of story, and and that says a lot because I'm all about story. As our listeners know, Clint, I am all about story. But when it comes to characters that are iconic, like Zorro, number one priority, capture the heart of Zorro. And that's something David Avalone was able to do almost instantly. And then he took those elements that we were talking about, the elements of the supernatural, and he embedded it. And he created this hybrid scenario that was used to contextualize the issues of classism within parts of the Southwest and Mexico at that time. And for those that are not in the know, that is Zorro, 100%, the war of classism. Zorro was the leader of a resistance, the man that symbolized a very idea of challenging oppression. And in this way, the writer succeeds at writing a story of Zorro or about Zorro, because despite this being a story that is larger than life, he still stuck to the key concepts of Zorro. And that is a win for me. Um, David Avalon understands Zorro and he was a good choice for this mini but Clint, as you had touched on, it's far from perfect. And in fact, it's not the greatest. The story is sound. The writing is where the issue is. The story could have been could have benefited or I should say the writing could have benefited a bit from a more mature introduction. And I know you feel the same way about this aspect here. If Avalon would have taken a more delicate approach to introducing the elements of the supernatural to the world of Zorro, it would have worked a bit better for me. Sure. Because the suspension of disbelief was just not there. And it's kind of it kind of just takes me right out of the story. You have the character Zorro, for the most part, a grounded hero a revolutionary and you bring the world of the undead into his life. And it was no sweat off his back. It's like, Oh, (laughs) the undead. Let's do this.
1: Like he's done it before.
0: Yeah. By the way, my, my Abuelita, my grandmother, she also is a shaman and she's essentially, you know, a a sorcerer. She has magic and she can help me fight this. I'm like, when the fuck did this happen? That's what took me out of it. I'm like, okay. All right. All right. And I understand the message with his grandmother and I get it. But this is where it just felt very lazy. And why make this a four part miniseries, make it a six part miniseries and give the supernatural element a bit more backstory, build it up a bit and then introduce Zorro to it and have him have, have Zorro have a moment where he is just lost in this world. Like, wait, what is happening? I my life has been about revolution and fighting injustice. Now, suddenly we have the bowels of hell opening up. It would be great to have a bit of an introspective, have Zorro go through, you know, some type of I don't want to say trauma, but some type of ordeal where he has to come to grips that the world is much darker and bigger than he had thought. And the reason why I feel like that would have worked, Clint, is because obviously this story is an ongoing story. There's a continuation. Even though this immediate story is a four-part miniseries, this particular continuity does continue. This particular Zorro universe, if you will, does continue. And they are leading us by the nose saying, hey, there's a greater destiny. Zorro is connected to this bigger I want to say world changing event. He is connected and he has a part to play. He's interacting with gods and goddesses, which is all cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, how could I not like that? I mean, the imagery, the way they convey it is truly amazing. The artwork is fantastic, but unfortunately the narrative, the actual writing doesn't match the artwork, the story aspect the, the actual narrative, not the way it's scripted out in terms of the formatting, but the, the story it, it just lacks and I feel like it's such it's such a, a missed opportunity here because you have so many great things at work here. Because what kind of sucks is that it it it's in the beginning.
1: Like when we needed it, it exactly You know, like you said, it it should have not to reiterate what you said, but No, go for it. You you know, by saying that it should have had like Two issues of the whys, the hows, and the whens. Yes, and then inter- introduce Zorro. Uh, I think you. I think it's it's a knockout of the park, especially yeah. with with the like we like you just said the graphics. I think that's the one thing. Now I I'll be the first to admit I'm not a big comic reader because I find sometimes it's a little tough. But yeah. When you read something like this and you're going there's a chunk missing. Why is that? What it, what's going on? It takes you out of the comic, yeah. which is uh, like for me, it, it throws me. And then I'm kind of like,
0: it's hard to get back.
1: Right. And if it wasn't for the art, the drawings and, and the coolness of the pages. Right. Uh, I don't know if I would have been fully committed still with it. Yeah. Fully committed. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think you're exactly right. Is it needed, at least, that beginning to get us rolling? Like, oh, they're going to. This is why, this is all happening. Not just yeah. here's Zoro at a party, here comes the dead. I mean, that's not that's not it. It it doesn't have that little sprinkle of realism in there.
0: Yeah, and I understand that they explain a lot of this as the story progresses. They talk about the tar pits and and them essentially being a gateway to hell or to the underworld, I should say. And all of that works, but they should have put that the explanation, maybe a backstory of ancient times and that this gateway has been closed and that the indigenous people of the past had created this this barrier to prevent the 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 underworld from interacting or from merging with the land of the living which you do find out all that later within the issue but it's a little too late the the suspension of disbelief is just not there and because of that there's just this hump at the very beginning of the story that you have to get over because you're not dealing with You know, Constantine, you're not dealing with even Batman at this point where he does interact with with magic a lot nowadays. Uh, This is Zorro. (laughs) This is Zorro. You know, this isn't the the go to character where you're dealing with the supernatural. There's got to be some disbelief there. And you can use the elements of his grandmother, his grandmother. You can always have having that older character, that wise character, that the mystic, if you will that can explain things to you that always works in a story, but she's the one that should have convinced Zorro. And this is not me rewriting the story because I always say, I'm not the writer. I'm not going to write your story for you, but I'm trying to rearrange things. And within the, the man's story, within David's story, you can take elements and rearrange them to where it would work a bit better.
1: Yeah. Cause I don't think it's until what chapter two, maybe three, that it's kind of explained. I mean, you're kind of invested, you know, as stuff's happening. Mm -hmm. And like you said, if you rearrange it, it makes sense. But I I think that's one thing that the sequences were just maybe off. Because by the time I got to those parts, I was already kind of, I don't want to say checked out because I still read it, but it was just kind of like, all right, let's get through it.
0: Well, and I and I'll be honest, if I had, if you and I had just purchased the first issue and said, "All right, let's review the first issue." I would have said during the show, "All right, well, we're not going to continue reading it." <laughs> you know, fortunately for, you know, Team Zorro, you know, Zorro Productions Inc, they had put out this graphic novel and I chose to wait and purchase the the com- the com- the compilation because you know, I kept reading it because I purchased it. But if it was just a first issue, first issue, I probably wouldn't have continued with the second issue because of that that hump. I mean, it would have been nice if they had taken a beat, allowed this idea to marinate. Honestly, the oversimplified approach just gave the four part miniseries this tone of naivety and made the story seem a little hollow when it could have been a lot more richer. And oh, go ahead. No, that's it.
1: I was going to say, did the graphic novel, this one, actually, Mm -hmm. was it more popular than the individual comics?
0: Uh, You know what? I don't know. Because
1: if it was, let's just pretend it was. That's Uh why. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, because I think a lot of people checked out. So if they buy, and that's why, that's the only reason I like buying graphic novels, because A, it takes too long to, to complete to, to complete one, and I can't follow shit very well. And two, it it sometimes you have that, like this one, where it's got that stutter step, and you're trying to figure it out, and you figure it out, and you're like, oh, cool. But, you know, I was just kind of curious if that was like the graphic novel kind of took off before the individual issues. or it, Yeah. But if it didn't, people are more hardcore than I am.
0: It, the people reading it seem to have enjoyed it. There's not a lot of comic book sites that have actually put this on their grading system. So you can go to their site and you can Google Zorro Swords of Hell. And there really isn't a whole lot of people rating them. So I I really don't even know what the general consensus is. So and I don't know if that's because people aren't buying this. But I have to imagine they're selling some because they're continuing the storyline. And in this day and age of, you know, comic books and the fact that they just don't make as much money as they have in the past, I mean, they're not going to continue a saga if it's not selling. Sure. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of chatter online. So... Overall, I mean, using the legend of Zorro and connecting him to this bigger story of the supernatural, you know, gods and goddesses and having him fumble his way as he tries to sort through his purpose and all of it works as a concept. But how we got there could have been handled a bit neater. Um, I mean, again, if I was a studio head and someone told me, hey, we're going to have Zorro Fight against gods and goddesses and um, it's going to be a thing like, wow, really? Okay, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Tell me more. What are you going to do? I mean, this is an idea that sounds right up my alley. I love Zorro. I love the weird West. It's awesome. It's just, it could have been a little, a little, a little tidier how we got there. Now, that being said, there's also another excess of Avalon. Uh, He does have the ability, and that's why I want to make sure we distinguish between the two. He does have the ability to script out a story. Uh, The narrative leaves you wanting, but the actual formatting, how he scripted out the action, I feel worked really well. His panels are creative and well thought out. And as we have said, the artwork by Roy Allen Martinez is on point. So Roy managed to take those words that Avalon had written and really make it work and make the product, the end product shine. It's high quality work. The artistry is, I mean, it's good. It's really Mm -hmm. good. Uh, Stellar artwork. There are various pages. I'd love to blow up and have placed here in the studio. That's how good it is.
1: Well, those uh, in between chapters are. Yeah, they're, they're
0: poster worthy. Yeah. And that's the, um, the covers. Yeah. The various variant covers, which that's a plus with the graphic novel. You get all the variant covers and promo covers that were out there all within this graphic novel. And those were done, I believe, by Enrique Aaron and Hilly Heli, Hiliolini. I believe oh. is how you say his name, uh, but solid work all the way around when it comes to the art department. Um, This miniseries, as we had alluded to at the, the top of the show, this miniseries was part of ZPI or Zorro Productions Inc.'s celebratory push to promote 100 years of Zorro. Wow. Uh, yeah, 100 years. Can you, I mean, that's 100 years. Just let that sit <laughs> for a second. That's a lot of time. I mean, I de- I'm a Zorro fan and I didn't even think about it. I'm like, Until I saw them pushing this 100 year landmark event. And I just was I was blown away. I'm like 100 years of Zorro. That's insane. Uh, And ZPI put together, you know, a massive marketing push to celebrate this landmark event. And it has not slowed down either. In fact, it seems like it's just getting started uh, pertaining, especially when pertaining to the Zorro's continuity the continuation of this particular story and universe we have so far Zoro the Swords of Hell which we are reviewing then we have Zoro Sacrilege and then Zoro Rise of the Old Gods oh yeah so there are a couple series i might miss have missed a few but those are the ones that i have right here on my list Which I will be reading as well. I'm a bit hooked now. I don't know if we'll be covering it on Weird West Radio if I can convince you, Clint, to read them or not. (laughs) Um, But if they are good now that we got past that hump of disbelief, possibly uh, the the following subsequent stories will work a bit better. Because the issue does leave uh, the reader wondering what's to come it does have closure to the immediate story but it is left open-ended in terms of Zorro's destiny and what this world of the supernatural that he's been introduced to what it means for him as a person so we'll see Uh, when it comes to Zorro as a whole as I said there's a big Zorro push we have currently three projects in the works outside of the comic books which is a full-time operation We have a post-apocalyptic Zorro film coming out. Uh, It's currently in pre-production, which, again, goes right into what we were talking about at the top of the show, Clint, about large concepts, high concepts. This is a Zorro idea or concept that I feel could work, the idea of the post-apocalyptic. And as of right now, the working title is simply Z. And they have a few names attached. One is Gael Garcia Bernal, who will be playing Zorro. Uh, other notable work he has been on, I think that people may know, was on Amazon's T- Amazon TV's TV show or streaming series, uh, Mozart in the Jungle, which was pretty damn good if you're into those types of shows. And then we have Django Zorro, still in pre-production as well, which I know that's one that you're looking forward to. That's more yep. up your alley. I'm excited to see what they do with that, and then they have a Zorro TV show uh, that is more of a reimagining of Zorro. We're on the fence. It, yeah, it takes place in <laughs> in contemporary times, and it's a female Zorro, like um, a blood a blood relative. She her ancestry is Don Diego, so we'll see how that pans out. But the future, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's bright for Zorro, <laughs> but it is. Ooh, there's a lot on the Zorro plate coming right around the bend. So, uh, Clint, give me your final thoughts on this comic book series. If you're into Zorro, you'll probably
1: dig it. I think it's, it's worth the read, even though it seemed like we probably <laughs> maybe threw the pages out, tore them out, but it's really worth the read. Uh, I, I also think the artwork is fantastic. So if you can work your way through the story, the uh, artwork and it's worth the worth the, what is it 14 bucks whatever it is
0: yeah alright I think I've kind of voiced my thoughts throughout but uh, just to reframe and close out the discussion I will say it's a fun read And if you're into reading elements of the Weird West and you are drawn to uh, Southwest or Mexican folklore, you may be interested as well. They do delve into shamans, witches, goddesses, gods, the underworld that the indigenous of the Southwest believe in. So uh, there are a lot of cool elements and... And Zorro is a part of it. I mean, you're dealing with a Zorro tale that is 100% weird West. So I do recommend people read it. Just know that there's that, that, that intro. It's, it's a bit rough. But <laughs> once you get through the opening four, five, six pages, I mean, the artwork is so effing good. It does keep you invested. Because it's, you know, that whole classic term, it's a page turner. It is a page turner because you're looking at all the beautiful art. Mm -hmm. And I find myself almost at times I was like not even reading the words right away within the word bubbles. I was actually looking at the artwork first because it just was that good. So I'm going to give this a uh, 63% on the RMD rating score system. Did nice. you give it a percentage?
1: I didn't, Did I? but I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I didn't think about it until now, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's in the 62%, 60%. Yeah. I think uh, you don't even have to be Mexican to enjoy
0: it. Yeah. Don't even have to be a bean eater to like it. <laughs> you don't have to be a border hopper to like it, right?
1: I am
0: not agreeing
1: or at all.
0: You don't have to swim the rivers to enjoy this comic. Oh, boy. You don't have to have a child locked up in a cage along the border to enjoy this title. (laughs) It's probably wrong that I laugh, huh? You don't have to be a rapist to enjoy this title. Oh, Listen, I'm Mexican. I can crack all yeah, the jokes.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm like, should I be laughing at what well, he's saying?
0: By default, I'm going to give you a street cred. Okay. okay I'm Mexican. You know, I'm the first generation born in the United States. And, you know, I'm going to give you by default, you get street cred. Uh, so as long as you're talking to me, you know, you, you, you're brown. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <all> right. <laughs> so stupid. All and right. As
1: long as you talk to me, you won't be deported.
0: That's that's exactly. Thank you. We're helping each other. It's a symbiotic (laughs) relationship. It really is. It is. (laughs) All right. I want to thank everybody for listening to Weird West Radio. If you are offended by the. Comments towards the end of the show. Well, go fuck yourself. And good night.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Hello, 2020. For
0: said he be taken from such prison to a suitable and convenient place of execution within said county and there be hanged by the neck till he be dead, dead, dead. Now, do you have anything to say, young man?
1: Yes, Your Honor, I do. You can go to hell, hell, hell. (laughs) (laughs)